You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are talking about your child's temperament, and it is the orange color. So we've done this series on the four temperaments, and they are green, gold, blue, and orange. And it's just a simplified way of viewing people and understanding um, their operating system and how they're made by God, their natural inclinations. And we know we don't want to be left to our own devices, right? We don't want to just move in, bend in, lean in, whatever, grow into our temperaments unchecked, but they are helpful. They are helpful to understand where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. Now, a couple of thousand years ago, Hippocrates saw that people behaved in roughly four basic patterns. And they're, they're these colors, the green, the gold, the orange, the blue. And the greens were rational, the golds are the guardians, the oranges are the artisans, and the blues are the idealists. So let's talk about the artisans today. That's interesting. Yeah. Arsy fartsy people, <laughs> which is not just totally true. That's not totally true, but no. you'll see where we're coming from. It's not. And I always want to go back to Proverbs 22, 6 that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So just teaches us that ancient scripture, even way back then, before we even knew anything about all this stuff, um, recognized that we all have tendencies. We all, we are made in a certain way and that's beautiful. That's all together. So the more we appreciate others' differences and the more we appreciate the way we're similar, the better we can get along. And wise parents will notice the way their child is going and the way they should go and will adapt their parenting techniques to help them become Mature humans with character who bless the people around them. Right. And parents who blissfully sail through life, unaware of their child's temperament, will wonder why they are constantly not getting the result they want, butting heads, misunderstanding one another. So we want to bring harmony and peace to your world. And this is one of the ways to do it. Yeah. And it's kind of a fun way. It is fun. It's kind of who doesn't love a good personality test? (laughs) Right. So, okay. Say you have an orange child. How would you know? Well, do they love surprises and adventures? Oh, yeah. Do they have a love for change? Because their attitude is like, great, what's next? Yeah. They love spontaneity. They love surprises. Uh, They tend to be pretty easygoing and flexible. Mm -hmm. While some children struggle not being on a routine or schedule, orange children, even when they're very young, might resist naps and routine in favor of spontaneity because they have such big time FOMO. They don't want to waste an afternoon on sleeping. We're looking at you, Dottie Lou. <laughs> There's stuff going on I got to be part of. Yeah, she's only one, but I am seeing a lot of this in her. Yeah. We'll just keep, we'll keep watching. Orange children need to be warm, lively, and fun. They're typically extroverts, and they don't only like people, they need people. They do. They don't like to be isolated um, in a quiet house all day long. They want to be out there going through Target and waving at everybody they see. Oh, absolutely. That need, though, is not the same emotional, relational need that the blue temperament needs people. They Orange people tend to crave approval, and they want to be liked. 
Mm, they love being the center of attention. They're the life of the party. Mm-hmm. They want to be where the action is. And we need you. Have you ever been to a party who doesn't have where they don't have an orange? Oh, there's yeah. no there's no storytellers. <laughs> there's no have... hysterical laughter. Yes. The dancing on the tables. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So another great thing about orange children is they tend to be optimistic and positive. Anything is possible from an orange person's perspective. Dottie will smile with her whole face. <laughs> she doesn't just smile. Her whole face scrunches up every time she looks at you. Yeah. Everything is fun. Fun, fun, fun. They need freedom and space to do things in their own kind of out of the box way. They don't want to be weighed down with details and explanations. So that's all very well and good. And yet orange children and adults can be impractical and disorganized. They say they thrive in their chaos, but it doesn't really go over well when you need them to clean their room or you ask them. To do so. <laughs> right. They love competition. Um, they love performance. They like to take risks. One of mine is probably a half orange oh, or three-fourths orange. And he was all about being the class clown. Um, if it made somebody in the class laugh, it was totally worth getting in trouble for. Uh, they're gonna, probably going to run for student president or club offices. They might be the lead in the school play or a popular student influencer. Yeah, Houston and Caitlin just left this morning for three weeks in Europe, and they're meeting your partly orange son. Yep. What did I say before they left the house this morning as I was saying our goodbyes? Please don't let Ben do anything stupid, and <laughs> do not take extra risks. You know he'll want to. Yes. <laughs> Especially with a, with an audience. Like, Absolutely. Like, not so bad, just the two of them, but with an audience, it'd be uh, worse. Yep. I'm like, just please hold him back. And they're like, oh, I think his wife's got that covered. No problem. He's, <laughs> he's good. He's good. <laughs> he's kind of growing out of some I of that. I know. I still can't help but see him as that lanky 12-year-old tripping up my stairs. Yeah. Making a racket. Yeah. In my bonus noisy. room. Got lots of noise. <laughs> so orange people, they know everyone. Or everybody knows them. Because they may not remember your name, but... You can be assured that everybody probably knows them at school. Everybody probably knows them at work. Yeah. Everybody knows them at church. No offense. I don't have time to remember your name. (laughs) No. I'm a little more important than you, and I got better things to do. I've noticed my orange friends, because I do know who you are, even if you don't know who you are. (laughs) Sometimes they'll look over my shoulder when I'm talking, like they're looking at the next thing. What's the next thing? Uh, and that makes me rage temporarily <laughs> on the inside. And then I'm like, okay, that, that's just part of their temperament. They're right. wanting to be sure they're not missing out on something else that's happening in the room. That's right. They're scanning the crowd mm-hmm. for who they're going to network with next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So how would you motivate an orange child, Bonnie, if you are the mother to an orange child? Well, the way that you compliment an orange child is going to be... Fun. Some fun way. You high five them, you smack them on the butt. Um, They like to be physical. So maybe you go do a fun activity or you have a family game night as a reward for something. Yeah. High five. Yeah. Awesome. Do a little happy dance. Do something silly. You rock, dude. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. They they do tend to be real physical kids and they are motivated by fun activities. Yes. So yeah, a reward like that would be really um, helpful. For corrections or consequences for an orange child, because they love being around people so much and they love to be where the fun is and they have FOMO, isolation works great. That's right. When you say go to your room for a green child, they can stay there for two days <laughs> and like not dreamy. care. Dreamy. <laughs> Perfect. 
perfect. Send me more. Catch you later. (laughs) But for an orange child, they're going to do what it takes generally to get out of there as soon as possible, especially if they know you're having fun without them. Mm -hmm. They hate conflict. They want to be liked and approved of. So be sure that they can say what they did wrong when you've caught them in the wrong. Be sure they can articulate that. And why it was wrong before accepting a super quick apology. You may think, oh, I'm winning here. They're just so quick to say they're sorry. They're, they're, they're not stubborn at all. Well. Yeah. Why are they saying they're sorry? <laughs> Do they really mean they're sorry? Or is it just, I got to get out of my room and yes. get on to the next on thing. On to the next fun thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to school settings, well, tell us how, how your orange child did, did in school. Right. Because you remember how we talked about in the gold episode... of school teachers are gold Mm -hmm. and they run their classroom in a very gold organized structured way. So oranges can have a pretty hard time in school. They're opposite that in every way. There's so much routine and schedule and structure and order that it can drive them a little nuts. They need movement. They need exploration, socialization. They're usually the ones that get caught you're talking too much. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to move you from your neighbor because you can't keep your mouth shut. And they love competition. Your typical American grade school classroom doesn't have any of those things. And it's really unfriendly to boys in general who are more active. Right. Who need that physical. And then you have an orange boy. Stuff. That's <laughs> killing their heart. <laughs> it hurts their soul. So orange students, yeah, they get in trouble for talking, for being a prankster, for being the class clown not keeping their hands to themselves. Um, They rush through their work because they want to get to the next fun thing. So if this goes on long enough without an outlet, you will find that 90% of high school dropouts are, surprise, orange. That is a shockingly high number. Yeah, school is boring to an orange (laughs) kid. So if you have an orange child and they're frequently in trouble, I mean... You do have to learn how to get along in society. You do have to learn to keep your hands to yourself and what's appropriate when. But you might think about alternative ways to school your child if he's orange. Yeah. Montessori is a really cool kind of a classroom experience where you've got exploration. Yes. Lots of different ages together and group projects and things. Um, homeschooling of course would be fantastic for an orange child where they can have a lot more freedom to move their body and do things in an unconventional way yes set their schedules not in a certain order yes Mm -hmm. not yes set their schedules absolutely so or if you can find a teacher who really gets it that can help um I think it was third grade my son was just like a typical boy wiggly and didn't want to sit and pay attention. So she, his third grade teacher, let him sit on a big um, yoga ball, big exercise ball, um, and bounce. While he was in class. While he was in class to keep his attention focused because he needed that physical movement. Beautiful. He had another teacher who let him just stand the whole time. So I he could stand it. at his desk and lean over and do something different. Um, so when, when you have a kinesthetic learner like that... Um, They just need that movement and the interaction to process and learn. Yeah. And come on, moms. Isn't playing through a math game much better than sitting for three pages of math problems? Or if they can doodle during a lecture, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not listening. Yeah. That's a big one. They can, perhaps they're actually listening better when they're moving and drawing. When they're allowed to draw. Yes. They, oranges want color and pattern and music 
And um, they usually like all kinds of different sorts of musics. Um, Many of these things can be insanely distracting and overstimulating to somebody who's green. So you see how this is different when you have lots of different (laughs) colors under one roof. You've got one kid who wants quiet and, you know, subtle colors and no noise. And you've got another kid who's exactly the opposite. Yeah. Well, good luck. (laughs) Congratulations. I I know. And if you as a parent have an orange temperament, think about how this may impact the life of your child of a different color. Is your spontaneity and unpredictability stressing out your child? Does your need to be around people and to be social all the time drain your introverted child, (laughs) green or blue or gold? Yeah. Um, And how do you react to timidity or hesitancy in your child who might not like risk as much as you? Yeah. Are you just constantly egging them on? Come on, go down the slide. What are you afraid of? It's no big deal. Not to you. Right. <laughs> so just just be careful you're not trying to make little use. Yeah. And recognize that each child is different. Because that's the easy way. I mean, it's not easy in the long run because you're going to be frustrating your children. Right. But it is kind of the, it's first of all, it's natural. So it's if what you know. If you're doing this, you know, you can forgive yourself and move on, but don't stay there. Mm-hmm. Don't stay in that comfortable space where you're not bending to anyone. Right. I think in a cool way and an engaging way to come at it is to ask your child, especially an older one, like, what can you teach me about yourself? Mm. Show me how you look at this or show me, have a quiet afternoon with them and just see how that feels and talk to them about it, how that's different. I love that. Now, orange children, because they're competitive can be argumentative in games and sports, and they can be poor losers. Mm, Yes. They always have to be first. (laughs) Ben. Well, (laughs) and Houston was not orange, but also highly competitive green. And do you remember the junior high years? You guys drove us crazy. Yes. With the arguing. So much arguing over everything. (laughs) Like every fact. Is this music better than that music? Is this, you know, is this fact different than that fact? Yeah, they're always going to be first in line. Who actually won the game? Was that ball out? Was it not out? Or are you cheating or are you not cheating? Yes, they want to have the first bite of cookie. They want to be the first to get in the car. They want to be the first in line. Still, to this day, when we go somewhere and we're walking down the street, Ben's half a mile ahead of everybody. (laughs) Gotta be first. Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. Yes. So... Uh, and try as we might, you know, it's just going to be his tendency. So, but watch it and teach them to think about others. It's been a real interesting exercise now that he's been married for all of what, a month, Mm -hmm. six weeks, something like that. How's it going, Ben? (laughs) To think of someone else. Like that was one of our huge premarital talks. Like you are now going to have another person very different from you that you will have to think of first. Like that is your job Mm -hmm. to think of this other person first to make sure that you're not a half a mile ahead every time you're going somewhere. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a real uh, transformation. I hope. I mean, life, we have a good friend whose um, spouse, her husband's orange. And I mean, life with that kind of temperament, she will say can be so much fun. Yep. They have had such a fun life together. And yet she would also tell us, I think, at times it has been a little disorienting. It's like, can we just stop this merry-go-round just for a second and just catch our breath? I'm happy to hop back on. Right. And yeah, there's a tendency of, hey, I'm going to go do my thing with my friends and I'm going to go, you know, climb this rock or ride this bike or whatever it is. You got to 
hang on a second, consider someone else. Who needs me? Yeah. What's needed of me? Uh-huh. And then well, how much of myself do I have to go around? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Fun is definitely right up there at the top. We didn't do famous people who of have needs. this temperament. So I think this is the temperament of Bill Clinton. It is. Yeah, and you find a lot of politicians here because like we said, they're, um, they know everybody. They're good at networking. They're good at socialization and being extroverted. They can shake all the hands and kiss all the babies. Um, so lots of politicians are orange. Um, and lots of Hollywood. Yes. I was going to say actors and actresses. Actors and actresses because yeah. they're not afraid of being up there on stage and being a performer. Yep. Okay. Um, Lucille Ball. Oh, and her uh, hair too. Oh, like, yeah. How perfect yeah. is that? She's literally orange. Um, Elvis Presley. Eddie Murphy. Oh, yep. As you say them, I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, Amelia Earhart. That's a good one. Think about how what risks Risk. she took. Yeah, to be the first to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> That's so inflammatory. Everybody's <laughs> going to be like, it's not me. I'm not orange. Oranges are, are, we didn't do percentages, but they're only like a quarter of the population or less. There's, there's not that many of them. Not but that But they're many. very high profile. Right. And, and there's fewer women. True. Typically. Um, so yeah, they're the fun people. They're probably the people that you're going to know at the top of the company. Yeah. Yeah. So just like with all the other temperaments though, there's a shadow side. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) There is a besetting sin and each of the temperaments is associated with this negative tendency or that's what the folks at Parenting Made Practical call a besetting sin. Right. So they have a great material on this. If you go to their website, parentingmadepractical.com, we'll have the link on our website um, as well if you can't remember that. And you could get a temperament assessment there. They've got some classes that are coming this fall. It's just really great information. I lived by their information when I was raising my kids. Yeah, super practical. Very practical. I had the books. I had um, the, well, back then it was CDs. I think you can do digital downloads now if you want to listen to their teaching great resources and that's where we get this concept as bonnie said and what is it what is the besetting sin of the orange besetting sin of the orange is it can show up as lying or dishonesty okay so let's let's unpack this for a second oranges love people and we Mm -hmm. said they they love to avoid conflict they want approval they want approval they want want acceptance they Mm -hmm. want to be liked so they will lie to get out of trouble to make people like them so parents, you're going to need to turn on your radar for this and work on elevating the opposite virtues of honesty, truth, and self-control. Mm-hmm. And orange kiddos, they're often, like if you say that, it's not true. They're often astonished. Like they don't even realize that they're lying or that they've been dishonest because it comes so easily to them. They are, like we said, the life of the party. They're great storytellers, but... A story is even better if you can exaggerate it mm-hmm. or, you know, make them make yourself look better. And if you're there and you know that that is not what went down, that is not <laughs> how that story went. And yet it might have been funnier the way you told it, but that wasn't actually true. You need to call them on that. Yeah. Yeah. Unpacking what types of things are lies with your children will be very helpful mm-hmm. in helping them understand what you're talking about when you call them out on lying or dishonesty. So this can be telling a half truth. You telling a half truth is like telling the truth, but you left out some of the information. That's one way to do it. Right. So when they leave out important details, 
that would matter. That would matter or change the consequence. Your understanding of the story. (laughs) Yes. Change the consequence. That's lying. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Leaving out significant facts that are, hmm, if I don't mention that part of it, then I won't get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I basically told you the whole thing. Right. You kind of know all you need to know. Right. Uh, Spinning. Putting spin Mm. on it. So... Uh, I'm trying to think of an example of this. Like, um, I went to the, yeah, yeah, mom, I did. I went to this party and there were, there might've been drinking there. I don't really remember if there was a lot of drinking there, but probably, yeah, probably some people were drinking. Well, you know, you know what went down at the party. (laughs) Come on. They're spinning that fact. They're just trying to make it sound less than it was, or maybe they, you know, some people did it, but you're not going to say that you actually did it. Is it, um, is it also, is, would spinning be kind of blame shifting? Like, oh, well, well, they did this. So that's why I did this. Sure. So they, this is, they did this to me. So then I did this. You're like spinning the story mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about your response <laughs> to them. We'll deal with that later. Yeah. How do we get on the subject with somebody else? Uh-huh. Yeah. On yeah. You. Like really like. They're like, squirrel, <laughs> nothing to see here. Look out the window. That's right. <laughs> Moving right along, mm-hmm. for sure. And then exaggerating. Oh, of course, too. exaggerating. Which, oh, yeah, I went to the game. Even if it's good stuff or positive stuff. Yes. Like, what happened at the game and how great you were at the game and how everyone celebrated you because you made the winning play or whatever it was. You were the best. Um, maybe that was true, but probably, if you have an orange child, it probably wasn't that fantastic. So... Yeah, just exaggerating. Why do you have to do that? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to say more than what actually it was? Or exaggerating um, their own performance or expectations. Like, um, I know I can do this. You're working on something. I I can do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do great. I'm gonna. It's and you know, like your mama's heart. You know, like I think that's really. I mean, that would be lovely if you actually could. <laughs> yeah, but exhibit your follow this. through is not always the best. <laughs> I'm thinking you might be exaggerating your own abilities or your own potential here you know that's a good one you can lie to yourself as well as to your parents that is totally true uh saying i forgot i don't remember if asked to do something and you find they didn't right this is really this is one you'll see really early on and it's yeah how do they know to do this yeah because (laughs) it's their besetting sin it's the natural exactly natural thing to do yeah So let's talk for a minute about like, when do you typically see developmentally, Mm -hmm. it's not just orange kids, but typically developmentally, all children will go through a phase of lying Lying. or dishonesty. Yeah. It was about eight, between ages two and three, two and a half, three and a half, something like that. And ours were like clockwork. Right. It was like the switch flipped and they were like, oh, let's just try and see. And so it's like they know... They realize that they're separate from you. Yes. And they can give you some information. Yes. That you can believe or not believe. It's a, it's a, how much power do I have here? And in a psychological, like, like you said, they're separating their worlds. Mm-hmm. I'm not you. You're not me. Oh, I, you didn't, you don't, you're not omnipotent. You're not seeing everything. Right. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it it's a, it's a natural thing to go through. That doesn't mean we just let it go though. No. Um, and children at that age, three, four, five, are also developing their imaginations. 
Yes. Which you want them to build Absolutely. their imagination. But you need to teach them and walk them through what is an imagination and what is, okay, that's not true. Absolutely. And when does that cross the line? You're just telling me a story that you made up. So my daughter was probably, oh, she was like in preschool, sunshine school. So probably four, right about this right age. And she went to her teacher. I had people coming up to me at church later on that for that whole week, congratulating me that we were expecting another child, <laughs> which we were not. Good one. Good one. Not even at all. <laughs> and I guess they had gone through, you know, how kiddos do at before class sometimes in church, they'll, ha- they'll ask for prayers. Well, she wanted to be part of the prayer thing. So she said, oh, yeah, my mommy's going to have another baby. And the teacher was thrilled with that and told all the other teachers and kids and whatever. And we were not at right, all. Right, right. <laughs> of a child. So some of this is developmental is what we're saying. Yes. So we did not let that go. She had to go back and correct that information with the teacher. And it was kind of embarrassing for everybody involved. But, yeah, you don't let it go. I remember deciding in Sunday school, I was going to tell the teacher that my name was something different. I just picked a new name and we, it was like a new class year, you know, and we're going around introducing ourselves. And I said that what my name was and she goes, no, it's not. It's Renee. (laughs) And she went to the next kid and I was like, so embarrassed, ashamed, shocked that that was, she just took care of it right then and there. And on, on we go. It's so like, Opposite of something I would normally do that's kind of risk-taking that I would not normally do. So it had to be developmental. I mean, I was just (laughs) five or under, somewhere in there. What will happen? What will happen if I do this? Can I get away with this information? Yeah, Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, so that's something to just kind of be aware of. That all children are going to have that, but your orange children are going to have that in spades. Oh, yeah. So you'll know, like, if this continues, then... um, that's one of the telltale signs, along with all those other big personality things we were talking about. The loving to be the center of attention and getting your energy from being around people and t- risk taking and all that. And they're lying. You got an orange on your hands. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. So if you know that they've got all those great facets and personality traits, then just be aware. Yeah. Just watch Yeah. for when they're three, four, five that you need to take particular attention and pay particular attention to uh, the dishonesty and the imagination and and drawing the line there. And, you know, we could be talking about you as well, moms. You know, are you seeing these traits in yourself? Are you seeing like, oh, yeah, I do get bored easily. I love to be out and about. And I, you know, I I can't stand like just a day at home. Mm -hmm. I want to go out at least one one place, do something. Then know, know that about yourself. Be sure you're not unintentionally lying to your children and damaging trust you know oh yeah we're gonna go to the zoo and then you weren't really serious like you thought that would be a fun idea but you hadn't checked your calendar or maybe the weather that is such a good point or you know it's really it's really harmful to to do things like that again and again your kids learn that they can't count on you to do what you say Mm. Yeah, that just leads us to what lying does, whether it's from your children to you or you to your children. It destroys trust. Like you said, It all lying is sin, whether it's from our temperament or not. Right. Yeah. Point. Just point that out. Just say, hey, when you do that and I can't trust you, it breaks our relationship. It's one of my favorite verses was um, Proverbs twelve twenty two, which we harped on when they were three and doing this quite often. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. You're always wanting to elevate. 
mm-hmm. the virtue you want. Mm-hmm. The opposite of lying is being truthful, have, being able for people to place their trust in you, trustworthiness. Right. So that's so, what we're yeah. going for. So that means that you're going to have to do your detective work as a parent. If you have a child that's prone to lying and you want to elevate the truth, that means you have to catch them being truthful and praise it. So for example, if you've told them, uh, I need you to make your bed before you come down in the morning for breakfast and they come down in the morning for breakfast and you're pretty sure they haven't made their bed. Well, if you ask them, Hey, did you make your bed? They're probably going to say, yep, I'm, yes. I'm good. Well, don't lead them to lie. Go on upstairs first, check and see if they did it or not so that you don't have to ask that question. That's right. You could even just say, are you free to be down here? <laughs> and let them pause and they, they could say, yeah. Then, you know, you know, okay, no, they're not free. But um, for sure, I did this. I did this a lot. And I think I did learn that from Parenting Made Practical, which was catching them telling the truth. I did exactly what you said. I'd mm-hmm. walk by the bedroom. I'd see Emma had tried to straighten her bed. And I could ask her, hey, did you make your bed? And she, I knew I wasn't tempting her to lie because I knew what the answer was going to be. She could easily tell me yes. Yes. And I'd say, yay, that's my, we love it when you tell the truth. I'm so glad you told me the truth. God loves people who are trustworthy. He loves it when we're trustworthy. We can move on. But isn't that way better than going, you lied. Now we have to deal with it. Go sit in the chair. <laughs> now you're going to have to do repentance, forgiveness, restoration. Yeah. You know, all of that. And our trust is destroyed. It's so much better to, to elevate the virtue. That's right. And you you are going to model this in your own life. So when somebody's calling, <laughs> you don't tell your husband or whoever, oh, just tell him I'm not home right. while your child is standing there and clearly sees that you are home. Um, you don't get the wrong change from the grocery store in your favor and just keep it. Right. You go back and point it out. Oh, hey, you made a mistake. Gave me the wrong change. I want to return this because it's the honest thing to do. Your children need to see you valuing truth and honesty and keeping it as a an important value. Are you um, interacting with friends and saying one thing and then you debrief with your spouse and say another thing? Well, I can't believe that. And you acted all happy and nice to them. And mm. you now you're raging to your spouse about them. Well, how? Are you, what are your kids going to think? Oh, I can act one way and then I can talk about them. Gossip is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, we're doing that all the time. They're learning from us. Right. Constantly. Oh and the worst, the worst of all things is when you're out with your kids somewhere, um, you've gone, you've taken them for a special treat or lunch or you buy them, I don't know, a toy, a dress, whatever. Don't tell daddy. Oh, don't tell daddy that we spent this money. Don't tell dad that we stopped for this ice cream. Don't tell grandma that I, whatever. Mm-mm. That's Mm-mm. totally reinforcing dishonesty and keeping secrets and deceit. No, yeah, we we do not do that. <laughs> um, another thing you can do to help your orange child or yourself, work with him or her on learning how to deal with conflict instead of avoiding it. They're just avoiding the pain right. of telling the truth. Right. They don't want the consequence no. or, or, the, or the disapproval. Or, or disapproving or, or disappointing you, you mm-hmm. know, by telling you the truth. So this is a life skill. Yeah. Like conflict will happen. It's going to happen in your family. It's going to happen with your spouse. It's going to happen at work. So work with them. How do we deal with it? Mm-hmm. It's not, don't, it's not the worst thing. It's not the end of the world. I don't, I think I was talking to some 20 year olds the other day and I was like, why is conflict resolution not a class in high school? <sighs> 
like along with personal finance, there are so many of us walking around who don't know how to diffuse a tense situation, how to express ourselves without lying or hiding Mm -hmm. or avoiding. We need some conflict resolution tools in our toolkit. When you do this, I feel this. Yeah. You know, instead of you always do this. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, you know, just basic stuff like that, helping your children learn to do that. They will be so far ahead. Which means you got to know it first. Yeah. Sorry. Welcome to Life Improvement by Being a Parent. <laughs> Number Episode 1748. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that gum. That's right. Um, okay. Also, work with him or her on graciously accepting consequences so they won't lie to avoid correction. So one way to do this is having them come up with their own consequences. Mm. Like, what do you think would be fair? Put yourself in my shoes. What would you do? Yeah. For an older child, obviously. Right. Right. I mean, I'm trying to think if I did this with my kids. Graciously learn, teach them how to graciously accept consequences. I think I, I don't remember a particular time I did. I do think I wanted them to know that consequences are a gift. They give you information. It's a way to remember. That something you did had this kind of outcome Mm -hmm. so that you don't keep doing it again and again and again, which leads us to if they say, I forget all the time, then you need to have this child sit in isolation as a consequence until they can, quote, remember. (laughs) Yeah. If... (laughs) Yes, if, and would not sit in isolation to play or talk to their friend on the phone nope. or anything. We're talking about sitting in isolation with nothing else to do all by themselves. So when they learn they can't do anything else until they remember, you'll be surprised how quickly their mind kicks into gear. Yeah. Oh, yes, you did tell me to do, you did tell me to take out the trash. Mm-hmm. You're right. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I know. Oh, I did provoke my sibling. <laughs> Yeah, it's coming. It's all becoming uh-huh, clear now. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> these these personalities, life would be way more boring. Oh, without yes. the orange people in our lives. Gosh, don't you want the color and the fun? They're a and ray the of sunshine. Patterns. Yes, they're fun on wheels. <laughs> That's, they are. <laughs> they are. My teenage or oh, young adult now, son. Gosh, um, when he comes home, it's the best. Yeah, it's the best. We're always laughing. Oh, I know. That's true. You're right. You are. So am I. <laughs> Super happy to have him around. Yeah, he's a blast. So we we just say, orange people, press into your strengths. You bring us together. You bring us laughter. You bring optimism and positivity right. into our lives. And give us fresh ways to look at the world, uh, fresh ways to solve problems. Just Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies, please. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's so, not so hard. That's not so hard. That's not so hard. Um, this information will be on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And we are on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom and on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. We would love for you to rate and leave a review if you're listening and better yet, subscribe. So you'll get each new Monday episode. If you have questions or topic suggestions, send them to just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, ask your, your Mom. mom.